You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field. It is gone. It went deep right. Batista's going to win the game. Start the fireworks show. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 130. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode... We'll get some meatballs for you, talk about some interesting interesting things that happened to the Indians this week. Jose Ramirez is on the 10-day injured list with a broken handmate bone. We'll talk about that and what's next for the Indians. Trevor Bauer had some comments on Cleveland, or more specifically, managers and coaches in Cleveland, and the information he received from them. We'll talk about that. And we'll review Fan Pulse, uh, the poll that SB Nation sent out last week, and look ahead to maybe what will be coming for that later on about confidence in Indians from the Indians fans and approval of Terry Franco and all that stuff. Um, before we get into all that, I want to thank everybody listening, wherever you're from iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are, wherever you listen, give us a review, leave a comment. Um, just let us know you're listening and helps us, helps people find us. So uh, joining me for all that more is none of the Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I'm pretty good. God damn it, Merritt, we talked about this. <laughs> you, <gotta. laughs> uh, you know, okay. You're, you're wide awake, I know. I know you got... Um, I know, I'm feeling perfect. We're both doing great. That's the word, you know, we're feeling chipper and good and... <laughs> <laughs> neither yeah. of us are starting to be sick or tired or we're Ground just good all day and nothing a day happened. of toil no no none of this happened. <laughs> <laughs> you just conveniently were able to miss the worst game of the year one of the worst games of the year to help your brother move whatever or it's almost fine. one of the best ones when you think about it it was really close to going either way quite frankly it no, was... i mean a real winner of a game theoretically is it but worse? In fact, it that... was a toilet game, but yeah. <laughs> the worst one, obviously, was the Mets one, right? I, I say the Mets one. There was like two of them where it could. The be. Mets series was probably the worst series of the season, and I include yeah. that in the in, even with the the whatever the hell happened up in Baltimore, just because it was they got outplayed in every step of the way. I mean, the Baltimore thing was confusing. Um, <laughs> it just felt like flukes, but this yeah. thing felt like, You're like what yeah, the hell outplayed. is going on here? Like they're just losing nineteen to nothing. <laughs> this team is. <laughs> It was, it was baffling, whereas the, the right. Mets thing, they just got their, their butts whooped. They came in and just were just smushed to death the entire entire series. It was um, uh, gut-wrenching, I suppose. And I didn't um, I didn't include it in the rundown, because I, for, I, I forgot all about it. So you mentioned the Mets, but the Indians on Twitter, they, they were trying to be... I don't think yeah. they meant an insult by calling the Mets a fringe playoff no, team, because quite frankly, not. it's what they are. But, but when you're all hopped up on victory and gas station pills and... Mm. everything's going to look defensive and you're going to go after everything. So Mets fans like jumped on that. Noah Syndergaard jumped on that. And I thought that was hilarious. So, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're a playoff caliber team. I think is the bet would be, have been the smarter way <laughs> yes. to phrase that. You can even just say great team. You're lying, but you're over complimenting lying is the direction you got to go. If you're going to say anything. I mean, there's several players that are on the Mets that I'd prefer the Indians have over current Indians players. So I don't know. I mean, I I think the Mets are somewhere short of great, but they're a very good team. They're a very good team, I guess. Yeah, is that's the way all you're going to say. Them. Yeah, it was a weird tweet, anyway. Their whole like that's something you think your a manager would say, not the the social media account. And then <laughs> I don't know. They must be having a rough time. I can't imagine all the crap they've seen over like the past forty eight hours with that yeah. series. So it happens. You know what but else yeah. happens, Merritt? Meatball. Meatballs happen. That's what happens. <laughs> so first up, um, mine is a. I, I like this one. Uh, Fran Mill Reyes is a god now. He was. He started slow with the Indians. He didn't look comfortable. He was swinging at absolutely everything. Um, didn't hit a home run for quite a while. I don't think. Um, but now he's five for nineteen since Saturday, and he's eight for fifteen um, since his Indians debut. Or wait, so he's five for nineteen since last Sunday. 
Um, in that time, he has one single. All the rest were extra base hits. That's three home runs, including two on Sunday. And then since he debuted with the Indians on August 1st, 15 of his hits, he has 15 hits. Eight of them have been extra base hits, which is kind of incredible that over half of his hits are extra base. I, I figure that's what we're going to get from him. He's going to he's going to strike out a lot. He's going to have a lot of home runs. He's going to have a lot of doubles. And he absolutely crushes the ball. The, the two on Sunday were 109 mile per hour and 104. It's so accidental. So. <laughs> and it was it was nice just to see him he's always looked so like i said he looked uncomfortable all this time and when he hit that what could have been a goddamn game winning home run it was a game tying home run in the bottom of the ninth two outs two strikes he just looks so happy coming around and he's so big <laughs> he's just a fun guy i mean there's all the stuff when he was with the padres about why they loved him so much gets such a personality so i hope this leads to him being able to use that more and not just pushing all the time uh, pressing all the time so Maybe it's a good start. So um, on Sunday, final score was what, 9-8? to eight? Yes, It was yes, pretty, it was. yes, that was the one. And you might be unsurprised to know that there were a lot of balls hit very hard that day, uh, on Sunday. The hardest struck ball was a 112.6 mile an hour ball. Uh, a ground out by Hunter Dozier in the eighth inning. The Out of the hand of Nick Wickren. That was a launch angle of negative uh, four degrees. The second hardest hit ball was 111.4 at 32 degrees by Jorge Soler. Also off Nick Wickren, that was a home run by Jorge Soler, as I said. All told, there were, what, 17 different balls hit over 100 miles an hour. And if you wanted to round, you could go with 19. Because Oscar Mercado and Humberto Ortega both struck a ball 99.6 miles per hour. Now, out of context, 19 balls hit that hard. It sounds like a lot, but is it a lot? I just pulled a random sample of other games from Sunday. In the the Tigers-Twins game, uh, Twins hit the ball very hard quite a bit. Uh, you had 11 balls hit over 100 miles an hour. And the Angels versus Astros, again, Astros, they love to hit the ball very hard. And the final score of that game was 11-2. to two. You think the ball got hit very hard that game? Six. Six times the ball left the bat at over 100 miles an hour. Uh, Rockies versus Cardinals, you clock in at eight times. Reds versus Pirates, again, a final score of... Nine to eight, you'd figure the ball got hit hard a lot. You're at 13 times, 14 if you went around. So I don't know offhand what the record is for most balls hit over 100 miles an hour. Obviously, 100 miles an hour is a arbitrary number. I think the average for a home run is, what, 104 at like 32 degrees of launch angle or something like that. Um, you see him as low as 98, 99. You see him as high as, what, 118.4 or something like that is now the record by any one of Aaron Judge or Pete Alonzo or... Giancarlo Stanton, whoever. But anyway, um, ball was clobbered Sunday. One half of the pitching staff had good pitchers. The other half did not. So, But everyone was just kind of being equal opportunity and giving up incredibly hard hit balls. Very interesting stuff, I thought. All right, so my last one, um, is it, it goes along with that theme, sort of. It's a sad one for, for the Indians. It's Nick Goody. He went this whole season. Um, Chris Davies had written about that, that nobody barreled up Nick Goody. He was one of only two pitchers. Leave that little nugget in there, and we'll get back to the answer later, who the other one is. One of only two pitchers who hasn't been, who nobody's hit a barrel off him this season, which is there's a very precise, I, I forgot what it was, I had it, but there's a there's a range of, of launch angle and exit velocity you have to hit to consider barreled, which is, which I means it's over 95 it. and between 24 and like 34 degrees or something like that, somewhere around there. It's, there you go. It's like, yeah, like the optimal way to hit a ball. I, yeah. Um, and then nobody's done it off Nick Goody. Uh, other of players with at least 50 uh, batted ball events, which just means 50 times where the ball was put in play and hit off a bat. Um, so it's really impressive. He went this long without it. He's pitched. He's been here the whole season pretty much. And then Ryan O'Hearn, his first batter he faced when he came in today, 106 miles per hour, 22 degree launch angle, 365 feet. That was 
it was barreled. <laughs> it was hit pretty hard. Um, Whit Merrifield came close on Saturday with 96 mile per hour. So maybe we should have saw it was coming that Nick Goody's starting to get hit a little bit higher. But even without that, Nick Goody's been super good this season. Um, he's His velocity's been up. He's He's been way better than I think anybody anticipated. I don't know if it's, it's going to last. I don't know if this is the start of the end for Nick Goody and a couple other maybe lucky relievers. But to this point, he's been pretty good. Um, and the weird thing about him, I was looking, He's he had a 28.6% ground ball rate this year. In the last three years, it's been some variation of 28. It's like 28.2, 28. something else. And then, so he is a scarily consistent. fly ball pitcher. Oh. Yeah, he's consistent. That's one way to put it. Uh, <laughs> and then, because that was his problem in New York, because he had a 22% ground ball rate, and his issue was always giving up home runs there because he didn't have, I think it was then his problem was he didn't have, the fastball wasn't quite as good, and then now it's way better than it was before, and it's, mm. it's worked for him. So it's fun to see. So who do you think that other pitcher is, Merritt? Do you have any... Do not Any have barreled up at all? With at least 50 batted ball events this season. I think that that pitcher is somebody whose name is... I can hear you clicking, Merritt. I'm actually looking at something else entirely. I don't, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know who the who the heck would be. Not Taylor Scott. <laughs> I don't know. William Hendricks? It's Aaron Savali. So the Indians still have the other player without a barrel ball. Yeah. He's he's still something. He's not a velocity guy, but he's making it work. He's well, really exciting. He gets the ball literally off the barrel. I mean, we, I've, ta- <laughs> yeah. I've written about it. We've talked about it before. It's literally his pitching style. Uh, he moves the ball this way and that way, just barely. You know, the the, the tight movement with his cutter and his two seamer. So on Sunday, the Indian starting pitcher was Shane Bieber. He threw twenty two curveballs, twenty two sliders. This is remarkable to me, only in a small way. I read an article about this recently, about um, the Indian slider use in general and stuff, and curveball use in particular, um, kind of hitting an inflection point the last couple of years, in part, you know, because of um, changes to the staff, uh, this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, whatever the cause, they're throwing way more sliders now and way less curveballs than they were in the past couple of years. The reason I bring this up about uh, Bieber is, for the first time this year, in August, he's throwing more curveballs than he's throwing sliders. He's throwing 26.17% curveballs in August and 25.93 sliders. Now, it's not a huge difference, but this has been a consistent thing for him throughout the year where we've been watching his curveball usage grow as his slider usage has gone down a little bit. If you remember back to last year, he was heavy on the slider-fastball combo. He's backed off on the fastball considerably. I think last year he, on the season, 57% uh, fastballs and 40 and uh 22% cur- or sliders, 16% curves. This year, he's down to 44% cur- uh, fastballs to 28% sliders rounded. And curveballs, curveball usage and change usage up as well. But uh, this is encouraging, I think, because he's continuing to evolve. We watch the guy. He's polished. He seems like a, like everything a pitcher should be. And you forget that he's literally thrown, what, 350 innings, maybe, uh, is, the, is my rough, uh, without having the numbers right in front of me. So there's something I didn't have. Um, again, I'm I'm failing at getting notes, but we don't really need notes for this. Um, there was Players Weekend this weekend. Was the the Indians and Royals series? And good lord, this was an absolute disaster. <laughs> so you know that song, Ladies' Night. You know, no. it's Ladies' Night and the feelings. Right. Anyway, they need a song like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like need some more, weekend. man. I, I almost had the recollection. Could you sing a little more? I almost oh, had. Sure. It's Ladies' like Night and the feelings right. Ladies' night, ooh what a night! Now I'm making two different songs. Ooh what a night! That's a different. <laughs> no, I got song. nothing. 
But anyway, yeah, I, I don't know what that song is. Anyway, they need to either take that song or uh, that one R. Kelly song featuring the game called uh, Players Only, uh, and that we, <laughs> they should play that song at all the time in the stadium or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, idle thoughts while you watch guys play baseball. Yeah, but it, but what they actually did was a shit show, basically. Yeah, it, was, it was like crap. It was white and black teams, and then Terrible. nobody thought ahead that maybe you can't see a white ball behind a white hat and catch it when it comes out. So they made the play. The pitchers wear black hats. There was Kyle Zimmer in the first game who wore white sleeves, and Angel Hernandez didn't seem to realize it was a problem. So the Indians actually had to call the major league office to complain about it, and then they made him take the sleeves off. The Dodgers and Yankees played this weekend, and they wanted to wear their – I mean, it's the Dodgers and Yankees. That's a pretty historic matchup. They wanted to wear their classic uniform at least once, and they said no. So, and there was some, uh, Clayton Kershaw wanted to at least wear his own hat. Um, instead of wearing the stupid black hat, they said no to that. It's just, what were they? No, it's awful. It <laughs> sounds, as... you know, unmitigated success. You're right. That really does sound perfect. <laughs> I just hate watching it. Like, I don't like looking at the highlight. It made me realize, like, how much of my emotional connection to watching major league games is tied to, like, the uniform and. It's weird. I don't know, like watching who was playing the Marlins and Braves or whatever. Like I got nothing watching that. <laughs> like just yeah, skimming dude. through channels. Like you don't get any immediate connection to the game like you normally do. Like you're you're looking at um you know you scroll through Twitter or whatever. You know I have all those pitching ninja. Um, yeah, it's just nobody versus nobody. I'm like, who are these people? Like man versus man, sick pitch, great. I don't know, whatever. You know, <laughs> you are right. It it, it really for an. A seat for, for a thing rather that's really supposed to highlight the individuality of the players it really wiped them clear because not only was it white on what like white versus black it was white on white versus black on black wasn't it or black or, or either way it was it's i don't know it didn't look very good at all no and, they, they, they said the point was to have the players like their cleats and stuff stick out but you couldn't see it like there wasn't you could sort of see like lindor had this bright red belt and then he had cool shoes, but there wasn't. It's not worth it. You can't. No, no, without a doubt, you couldn't see his personality through his yeah. goddamn shoes. <laughs> I I liked the thought, you know, the thoughts it counts, I guess. Yeah, but it, it did. It just it, it just made everything look impersonal and plain, you know. Like there's no yeah. there's no there's no vibe. There's no and, and like you said with the whole Yankees um, Dodgers thing. Say what you will about either of those teams. That you can, we all have decidedly, you know, grumpy opinions about them. If we don't like the teams because they they have all the money and they do all the winning. Those are great jerseys. Like the the the, the Yankees yeah. have a great jersey. I, I can't I can't fault them for you know timeless design and whatnot. Same with the Dodgers. Like I own for, for a while, I owned a blue Dodgers hat because it's a cool hat. <laughs> yeah. And instead, it's this you know it's I don't know just a, a crappy nothing hat with. And like you said, watch, yeah, watching a, a, a Braves Marlins game or even highlights like the Marlins, oh, watching highlights is miserable. Like watching, I usually watch quick pitch in the morning while I'm doing other stuff, and it was just like because I can glance up and see what's going on. No, I'm like, well, who the fuck is that? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's funny because the Marlins have spent the entire season with this campaign about the colors of the uniforms matching the colors of the city too. And they just and stripped all that just away. Stripped it all away to highlight when you really look at it, nothing. A lot of these guys don't have some crazy personalized thing. Like Mike Clevenger, yeah, uh, he has his shoes, but yeah, it's Clayton Kershaw has is like, or I don't know, any of these guys. Shane Bieber is a, is as as cookie cutter as you can get when it comes to look. You know, like it's if anything, they express their per, like at least Indians pitchers I know because the pitcher, the starting pitcher, selects the uniform for the day. That is an expression of some kind of personality. Yeah, like there's counts. there's a reason why Trevor Bauer picked. 
the same traditional uniform every single time because he's I mean he's a traditionalist I mean I, I think if there's one uh, it, it sounds like a weird thing to say about Trevor Bauer but I think that's certainly a thing that he is when it comes to the look and feel of baseball he definitely loves baseball for being what it is and always has been even if he does obviously fl- is at the forefront of its change or like there's a reason that Carlos Carrasco always wore the blue tops. I don't know what it is. He thought they were. <laughs> but neat. there's got to be one. Yeah. There's a reason for it, though. You know, like I don't. There's when they wear the red tops. There's a reason they're doing that. So. Yeah. My my personal theory for it is that like the ones last year, everybody said they liked them because it was. I think what that does is nostalgic for the olds, basically like me and you and old people who are thirty and over now, <laughs> considered old, who watch the game. Like made us nostalgic for being a kid and watching. Like playing in those bright uniforms, but oh, I don't know if anybody those actually. Those were bought great. Them. Those were great. You right? Know, they See, but you're saying yes. they were great. But did you buy one? Did anybody well, can, buy one? Honestly, no. I don't. I've never bought. I own one jersey, and right. it's a it's a fake jersey that Ryan that uh, Ryan Merritt never actually. Well, he wore in spring training one year when he wore 69 as a spring training pitcher. So I own that. But what I'm saying is, like these black and white ones, I bet these appeal more to like teenagers and. They're probably cooler. The black ones, especially. I, I, I think the white ones were just thrown under the bus to get the black jerseys out there. I think those I, appeal more to the youths. There has, you know, I, and, and we've seen this across everything. The the design aesthetic of minimalism, I think, is the stupidest thing on earth. <laughs> I hate I, minimalism. I like big, loud crap. Like I hate it in logos. Like all the NBA logos are going to minimalism, oh, and there's God, these flat, so stupid, stupid things. It's the worst, yeah. There's a reason why one of the best logos in all of the NBA is the Celtics one because it's a little man <laughs> with a basketball. <laughs> it's just like we have this silly thing still, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't even if, if the Browns wanted to do the do it, you know, right, they would really embrace that little that little elf, the elf? thing. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, or the dog. And, yeah, embrace, embrace them both. Have him riding a dog. <laughs> That needs to be on the helmet. I love it. Have that on the helmet. Fuck that <laughs> that orange piece of crap. You know that's just memories of losing for us forever. You know. There is a push to get the elf everywhere more. They do use it a little more in social media and stuff. I don't know if they. I hope they, keep I, they need to bring the Sweet. dog too. I mean, why why have only one? Like, <laughs> just bring along game, the dog. Certain, you know, like, like the reason I, lo- I love the Raiders logo because it's not minimalist. It's a it's a little pirate man, sort of, but wearing a football <laughs> helmet. Also, and he's got depth to it. It's, it's the more like you too. look at that logo, it's confusing because oh, it's a pirate. Wait, he's wearing an old timey football logo. Wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> it's, the it's, old pirates logo was great too, and it was like the old timey pirate. It wasn't yes. quite old timey. It was just right. like a how would you describe? It? I don't know. It's it's just some dude in a pirate a, uniform, a, a, a classic swashbuckling look. You yeah, know? yeah, like or, not in a movie kind. It'd be like what a real pirate would look like. He's yeah. not really like flashy. Like he's just. The, the Buccaneers one, which was just the creamsicle colors, but he had the, like, the knife between his teeth and everything. Yeah, now <laughs> yes. that's a great look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, just the, I, I don't think, it's 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 funny to call a black and white, you know, look overwrought. But I think if we're going to think of it as anything, it's certainly overwrought. Like, it's right. just, it looks like shit on in a... I don't know. It's baseball. Is it such looks a, like shit. That's what you're it's, it's, it's just such a confusing sport in general because it embraces its traditionalism so much. And then it has these fits and starts towards trying to like be in the new era. And then, uh, and this is a constant thing that we hear all the time. You know, we, we heard this past week from Goose Gossage, but all these old guys who are the, you know, the old standard bearers, the, the, the legends of past who just hate everything about the modern game. And it's, it's so confusing because these are the guys we look back on with reverence, who also hate everything we like now, and the, and the and the leagues and the, and whatnot. They embrace these old timey looks and the throwback jerseys, but then at the same time, 
they give us this shit. So I don't know. It's confusing to me. It's it seems like it's an entire league that's run by people who don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> I mean, clearly with the hats, they have no idea what they were doing because somebody didn't think that through all the way. Right. No. Yes. No, that that was definitely. You know what? It, it definitely smells like just, just a marketing guru or some crap like black and white baby it's sexy some guy just 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 doing cocaine in the bathroom before the gonna, Ooh yeah baby black and white Ooh yeah we're gonna get it you know it's gonna just burn in your retinas huh you gotta cook your rods and cones with the black and the whiteness and the, you'll see the shining shoes and the brilliant belts and oh yeah oh baby here we go it's gonna oh, and then and you know who, who Manfred's like, yeah, all right, I guess so. <laughs> so I do kind of yeah. want the hat, though. I'm not, I'm not proud, but I do kind of want the black hat with the black blocks. Eh, I guess. You, but the thing is, you've been able to get that hat right. forever. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 in the past, have owned like black on black hats, white on white hats of all different teams. I had one that was shades of brown for some reason, <laughs> like it was the Expos logo, but you know, instead of the red, white, and blue thing in the middle there, oh, it, each one was a different color, brown. It was the strangest hat on earth, but like these hats have always existed. This does nothing new except for the jerseys, maybe which you could have gotten anyway. So, Players Weekend was probably the second worst thing to happen um, this weekend to the Indians. Kind of a one A one B situation. Uh, Jose Ramirez broke the hand or broke the handmate bone in his right hand. He's on the ten day DL for now, but it's very likely he's going to be out for a lot longer than that. Um, it happened on Saturday, in the middle of a bat. He swung, he missed, and then he just sort of grimaced and was trying to like clench his hand. He was trying to figure what was going on. You could tell in his face he knew like something wasn't good. He said on Sunday that when he swung afterwards, he heard a crack in his hand, and obviously that's not a good sound to hear out of your hand. Um, typically, it takes six to eight weeks to recover. Um, he's going to have surgery on Monday. They're going to remove the bone. I'd assume that's usually what they do. There's no sense trying to fix it. You can just take it out. It, it's it's a big thing. Joey Gallo had it in July. He's still not back. He probably won't be back for the rest of the season at this point. And usually, it takes the players a, a while to get power back after because I guess so much comes from the hand, and it sucks. <laughs> this is it doesn't seem like match lifting said in our Slack channel that it's not a not an Indians playoff run unless it's a devastating injury. So we got another one coming in. Jose Ramirez, Yu Chang got called him to called up to replace him. He he played. He started third base today. Obviously, him and Mike Freeman are probably going to take a lot of the the at bats at third base. So I don't know. It's it sucks. <laughs> Jose Ramirez is now injured. He was finally getting hot. He started the season terrible, and now he's good. And now he's he's also gone. So so what are your feelings on Jose Ramirez not here? Probably I would assume the rest of the season as it comes back like for the World Series if they make it. It's going to be very close. It is a testament to his incredible talent that he scraped out a 103 OPS plus. Now what I assume is for the season after how he was for the first right, half yeah. like what a what a great player honestly like it, <laughs> if that had, this happened a month ago we and, and we look back at his career in 10 years you know whatever and he after he's won a couple mvps and a couple world series of the indians we'll look at this weird 2019 and go what happened there like he was just so terrible this will just be like a i mean he was he's still very much off where he was the previous two years but it doesn't look quite so bad i suppose and now also it's all muddled because it's like Oh, he has a broken hand too, so it's, it'll confuse everyone when we look back on this in a while. But no, you're I wonder right. if the perception is actually a little worse. Like if you're if you're glancing through the lines, you're going to mm-hmm. see like he just had this one down year as opposed to like one that's like a seventy WRC plus. I think almost think like having one where he absolutely tanks would would people really realize he was just terrible? But people are going to think he was just average all year long this year instead of right. starting so terribly and then being so good because nobody's going to know that he was so good really yeah you look yeah, when, when you actually go in and click and you realize it's since july <laughs> this yeah. july at 10 45 ops you're like oh yeah damn he was, he was a god uh. uh yeah no it's uh it blows but i'm very sad because he is good 
after uh, hearing this, I typed in handmate bone injury because I'm sure we all did. Oh, yeah. Uh, and an article from, I don't know, some manufacturer of axe bats. And this is like, handmade bone injuries are because of the d- design of classic bats. It is only, true, though. That's a thing. Like, axe bats help axe a lot. Bat. Apparently it does. Maybe he will be a, uh, <laughs> maybe he'll turn into an axe bat guy now. And it'll unleash his power even more because he'll be able to line up his knuckles like he's chopping wood. <laughs> you know, so, I think that is yeah. like it's one of the biggest benefits of that because the way hammock bones mm-hmm. happen is because the way the bats rest and it rubs into right. their wrist right. or not their wrist, but like the their bottom hand, of their palm. Their palm, right where the right, what a weird little bone, you know, what a weird yeah, little a, thing. Well, a little piece of shit right there, you little, yeah, little piece of crap bone. bone. Get out of here, you get <laughs> out of here. Rip it out of my hand <laughs> in protest. Yeah, I'm getting rid of mine. <laughs> I'm I'm against hammocks now. We're done. Because <laughs> yeah, Daniel Johnson, who's when he was with the Nationals, he had he just now started to get his power back, so it's a little. It's a little risky. So, uh, I mean, I'm like, what do we do now? Like, is is it just Yu Chang and because they're not going to play anybody else at third? I wouldn't assume. Although I do have one kind of out there suggestion for you, Merritt. Um, Nolan Jones, who's 21, the nope. Indians arguably their nope. top prospect. No, he's in Double A, uh, buddy. No, I mean, so Steamer has him just going by projections here, 84 WRC plus compared wow. to like 70 for Freeman and Chang. Well, Chang is he's, hitting as a 971 OPS right now. How many so, at bats, man? Uh, immaterial to this conversation. <laughs> you used a weird sample size earlier, and I didn't. I didn't try to question it. You cannot question this one. This but one I'm just is saying, fine. Nolan Jones. He's been super good at every level. It's. I mean, if if they're if they think this is their year and they think he can come up and be just just only below average, I kind of like the idea of calling him Nolan Jones. Well, I mean, if, you, if you don't want any a, part of that, if we're gonna be having just a shitty player at third, you might as well have someone who is at least <laughs> polished defensively. I mean, I think Nolan Jones is a good defensive third baseman. Says who? Oh, is he? No, maybe not. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Says He's Nolan Jones's mom, probably. Well, you know, I'm sure she's a sweet lady. <laughs> I don't know any about prospects. What do I know? Uh, I mean, Yu Chang is a, a shortstop who just got moved to third base because Francisco Lindor exists. So I don't know if, if he's exactly right. polished they at third should base. Should move either. Francisco Lindor to third base. <laughs> just bounce him around. Taysom Kim just can play short. And, uh, That'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, it's going to be rough going forward. It stinks. Uh, he was been like you said, he's been so good, and things were really starting to solidify. And maybe I, the the blessing in disguise here is that it's only a month. And the impact of a single position player over a single month is not that big, not huge necessarily. Uh, it can be obviously the way he's been hitting the ball uh, since you know whatever arbitrary point you want to pick after he stopped being shit. It was kind of a weird coincidence today too that it was um, the spot that Framil Reyes was hitting in was Jose Ramirez's spot before he was injured, yeah. and he came up with two strikes and two outs and actually pulled through and did it. Like if he didn't do it, that would have been some really shitty kind of karma. Well, and that's something. the thing too, you know, like it, it, this can be papered over by a, a, a hot streak by Reyes or Puig or uh, Jason Kidness or Yu Chang, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe he catches some magic and it just has a, a 900 Babbitt for the next, you know, 25 days or something. We're all just, you know, crapping our pants over Yu Chang. Um, I think the absolute best case scenario is that he... Yu Chang like does some. I don't think it has to be like a superstar in the second half, but like no, I hold if he's strong, an above average yeah. hitter and pretty good at third base, either they can trust they can move him to shortstop when Francisco Lindor leaves, or if that's too far off, they've got a really good trade chip somewhere, right? Either this off season or next midway through next season. But it's unfortunate it had to come because Jose Ramirez was injured, but it helps the Indians a lot that Yu Chang can get a lot of exposure now. 
Um, I mean, it's, especially if they go into the playoffs, he does something big there. That's that's a lot, considering how he's been a pretty decent. Uh, yeah, I know he's knocking him, but as a shortstop who can hit twenty home runs, maybe that's a pretty big thing the Indians could have to leverage away or just hold on to him until Lindor's gone. So, and he had as many hard hit balls as Santana or Mercado, and more than Lindor on Sunday. So that's something. I mean, <laughs> it is. He hits the ball hard. You know, that's, that's always <clears throat> been his thing. He's he's good enough on defense, and he hits. He got some pop for a shortstop. I think the worst thing that could happen is that Mike Freeman just gets leaned on too much, and his I mean, right now he has a Wobo of 352, but an expected Wobo of 297. He doesn't hit the ball very hard. He has a high bat pip. Like, everything points to this 32-year-old rookie is going to regress at some point. And I, I fear that Tito's going to ignore that, and he's going to lean on his his man, Mike Freeman, to play a third base because he's been a hero a couple times. And then he's going to just get dragged into the ground and continue to be bad, just be Michael Martinez 2.0, and then ruin everything. Because he's he's hitting like, all this exit velocity stuff, Like looks like Michael Martinez. He's just been so much luckier, and he's made had some big hits that Martinez never had. So, I mean, I, I want to see Yu Chang get a lot of playing time out of this. That's the only really silver lining, I think. I mean, it, it, it all it does, too, is bolster my, you know, my continued theory that this is a secret rebuild year. And if he actually is called up and hits, and we're like, oh, we did it again. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so what you're at, saying is that between the innings, the Indians, <laughs> the Indians smashed Jose Ramirez's handmate bone so they could well, get I, I don't know. Yu Chang it's, some playing time. I guess what I'm really saying is it's – it's an accidental rebuild year, <laughs> I yeah. guess. They're just like, shit hit the fan. Everything went wrong. And <laughs> somehow this is, I don't know, the the relative darkness before the dawn. And if this is really what the darkness looks like, then it's not really so bad. Yeah, I don't know. It still sucks, though. Could I like Jose Ramirez. He's great. We have no more strutting little men now. It's sad. Yeah, he was even getting back into playing Mario Kart by the sounds of it. Like mm-hmm. they were playing in the dugout there, and talking he about was all it. The- and- he was in the zone. No, it was happening. Yeah. He was he was he was becoming the old the old um, Jose Ramirez, and then this this stupid garbage happened. <laughs> um, so Trevor Bauer, he had some his comments with his new team on the Reds. Apparently, likes them quite a bit. His quote exactly in the post game interview was: "The information is great here. The coaching staff is great here. Overall, I'm a lot happier than I was. Sometimes you don't realize how unhappy you are in a situation until you're out of it. I miss some of my teammates and stuff, but overall, I don't miss a whole lot about Cleveland. Whoo." That's a lot to say there, Bauer. That's <laughs> I get what he meant. He wasn't talking about like shitting on the city of Cleveland or even necessarily his teammates or anything. It was very specifically about analytics and the information that he gets through the Reds coaches. Obviously, Trevor Bauer is a huge analytics guy. He wants all the information he can get. He wants to use it. But clearly, it was not good enough what he was getting from the Indians. It kind of pairs well with what Lucas Giolito said about the Indians not adapting to, to change-ups, and it was like tito bunts a lot like there's some hints that maybe the indians there's something between their front office and the players that doesn't get all the information through Mm -hmm. but i mean also the indians win a ton and trevor bauer didn't complain when it was 2018 and he was a cy young candidate but all of a sudden now that trevor bauer is bad the indians don't give him enough information and also he gave up eight runs today so (laughs) i don't know what that information is doing for him he's been awful since he got to the reds so i don't know it's it's just more just it seems to me like it's trevor bauer making excuses for things instead of just saying i I suck once in a while, and I suck for Cleveland this year. But it's it's Cleveland's fault that I have enough information, and I'm happy now that I'm far away than he was before. I um so I was wondering about this. I just wanted to look in just the, the you know it's I wanted to look into the front office and stuff, and the guys who run baseball at these various places, and who is making the decisions, and you know like obviously we are living the era of the of the superstar GM and whatever you know you're pick a name and whatever go with it you know your Lunaus and the um, Epstein's and the guy who runs Dodgers, Friedman. Uh, uh, anyway, Nick Crawl is the uh, 
the general manager of the of the Reds. It's funny if you search his name because uh, and the thing pops up a picture of Nick Kroll from <laughs> yes, <the> comedian. <laughs> That's who popped up in my head immediately when you said it too. So I get right. I get where you're coming from, Google. I get. Uh, yeah, Nick Kroll is. He's, you know, he, his, he comes from the athletics originally, and he's been with the Reds since 03. So I don't know. Maybe he is maybe he is as good as, uh, knowledge-wise, as the whatever the front office of the Indians has going on. Maybe he's better at communicating. Maybe he has the right people to communicate the information from the office and the analysts down to the field. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he does. But as far as I know, the Indians are a better run team, and they have had more success over the last, call it 25, basically since the Reds won the World Series in the 90s, I would say. The Indians have had more success. Yeah, I mean, to me, it all seems to come back to, it's just Trevor Bauer doesn't like Tito. Because <laughs> yes. even in his goodbye video, he never mentioned him at all. It was, Andre Not obviously talked about it on their pod, the A to Z podcast, that Tito tried to go with Trevor Bauer's dad to lunch to try to get through to him. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. I think it's just clear those two did not get along and it was, it boiled over. And then Tito said some things when Trevor Bauer went, like it wasn't very emotional. They just went on their way. So I don't, I don't think in Trevor Bauer intentionally was taking a shot at anybody, but I think it all comes back to the dislike between those two there. I'm, I'm assuming, cause it sounds like the Indians did a lot to try to accommodate him and he just didn't, nothing was ever good enough. And it was just, there was always excuses for why he was bad. It was, there was excuses for why the Indians brought up his social media stuff at arbitration. There was, there was just always these things that he always had, and then now he's he's saying it out loud in public. And he, he said some of his teammates will miss. I don't know if that was another slight there, but I don't think he got along with everybody in the clubhouse. No, I don't, I'm I sure he misses Clevenger, but well, I, I, that's what I think we always, we always kind of thought too that he didn't get along with people. And I don't know, maybe not. I don't know, but I, it's 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 hard. It's a hard thing to talk about because we don't really know for sure. Is all I guess, and it's just I don't know. It's it just sucked. I don't know. It's gossipy and smelly the the main takeaway is that everybody's better now that he's gone <laughs> i think the indians are better off without him i guess he does better off without him. Him. i mean it, it sucks when you lose a good pitcher is the thing and i mean yeah but they got Fernando reyes and puig so i don't think it's i guess puig's, puig's <laughs> gone in like two months though and i just you know Fernando reyes is still raw as hell so we'll see i mean you know wh- whoever wins wins with that you know the uh trade but i don't know it's a strange thing to say um i don't know why people can bring it up it's so stupid I'm a very open-minded and friendly person, and I, it's hard for me to find people, that, even if I disagree with them, that I don't like. And it always con- it, it confounds me that within such an insular um, world as baseball, there's such massive divisions, I suppose. All right, so let's finish. Um, we'll finish up by reviewing the uh, the fan poll stuff from last week. Obviously, the or, yeah, last week. So it was two weeks ago we had our last episode of the podcast. So it's been a little bit, but um, as always, last week they sent out the poll for to get the general feel of Indians fans. And they actually let me, they were going to have me do a specific Indians one for last week, but then uh, we had a storm, a tree fell on a power line. I was out without power for like five days. I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> then at the last second, um, I just said it to Tanya, our, our league manager. I said, we can just do like, well, the Indians win the L central. And then of course it's not the most unbiased um, pool in the world because <laughs> it's only Indians fans. Uh, but 70% said they believe the Indians will win the AL central. This of course is before, Jose Ramirez broke his handmate bone, so that might affect things. But still, even before that, the Indians' confidence, uh, Indians fans with at 79%. And, of course, Boston Red Sox watch. They, they they went up again to 13% from 8%. Those fans are still miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, manager approval, Terry Francona, is still 91%. So it's like the third week in a row. Whoever likes Tito likes him. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. There's a very thin margin of people that don't. And for what it's worth, I always say that um, I still approve of what he does. 
for all the the shit I give him for the analytics things, like I still think it's he's a net positive of, no, of what no, he does I, for the I, clubhouse. I think, so yeah, yeah. So I'm one of the ones that are saying yes, but there's nine percent who don't approve of what he's doing. So what are your thoughts on of what we've seen this week of the poll? I think again we talked about two weeks ago. This is an interesting thing to see every week. That's the Astros dip two percent. They're now at ninety eight percent. Fans. Oh are, God, what <laughs> sky's oh, falling in Houston. No. I don't know if they lost a game or something, but it's just terrible over there. What Fuck they're going this through. Team. They can't do anything right. <laughs> Baltimore Orioles are 91%. All right. What are you doing? You love it. It's The Indians dipped a little bit, but I assume it's going to go down quite a bit more because <laughs> of what happened with um, Jose's hand. I'll be interested to see like what it does. Like If people still are confident in the future so it doesn't dip too much or they just see Jose Ramirez's hand broke and it just plummets. But I'm with you what you said that I don't think a position player is going to impact that much. I, I'd no, still be pretty it's, confident. It's, it's uh, hard to move God damn it. I love the Stockholm Syndrome of the Orioles. <laughs> Believe in the future. <laughs> We're doing great. <laughs> See, I think the problem is they have Gary Thorne, who's just too good at what he does. So they're you just so confident. Up. The future will be great. Yeah, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All my fears are gone now. Poor Phillies fans. They're so sad. Oh, they're way better than they were a week ago, though. This is fun. Yeah, they went from seven to twenty-five. They're they're on the way up. They really that was after Bryce Harper's grand slam. That's why everything everything went so sad in in Pittsburgh. (laughs) I don't think they stopped voting or what, but they've been zero percent for four weeks. They've got a (laughs) wait, but yeah, they still like um. What is their coat? Why can't I think of their manager? Big red face. Big red face. Uh, Big McRed face. He's at fourteen percent. So people are voting. It's not that nobody's voting. 14% 14% approve of, um, what is his name? They probably just hate Neil Huntington. I don't know that I can call it their general manager's name, but I can't remember. Uh... <laughs> Clint Hurdle. There yeah, we go. Yeah, Clint Hurdle, yeah. Yeah, so they're they're voting. They live. There's Pittsburgh Pets, Pets, fans, but they just don't approve of the team. I want to know what happened with the Astros, though. Like Somebody's just pissed off. I think, know. May, you know what I think happened? I think I think that was what that game that Grinky got shelled or something. Yeah. And then like the day afterward, Garrett Cole goes out and gets strikes out like 104 or something like that while throwing 99 miles an hour on average. <laughs> their former Cy Young winner had a rough day, so then their future Cy Young winner got to dominate. I feel so bad for you him. Know, perfectly balanced. That's an all thing. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> all right. And if anybody wants to sign up for it, by the way, you can I'll leave it in the show notes, but you can go to surveymonkey.com slash R slash let's go tribe fan pulse. It's all one word. People were very um, happy two weeks ago. That's nice. Yeah, that was um, what happened. I don't remember. They were just that was after the that wasn't quite when they won the division, but they were also really it was before the Mets series, basically when things were so, so good before the Yankees too. AL Central. I mean, they're three and a half losing the game on Sunday sucked. That really mm-hmm. hurt. Uh, they're three and a half now on August twenty fifth, and they play the Twins what six six more times. Yep, and they also play in over the next several days. They play who? They play the Tigers. The Rays, the White Sox, the Twins, the Angels, the Twins, the Tigers, the Phillies, the White Sox, the Nats. So it's pretty light from here on out other than the Twins. It is. I mean, the Nats are really good. And, and I know we talked about this in the past. They'll, they'll be fighting for something. The Phillies might be fighting for something. And they're not bad. Like, their pitching has really hit the skids. But they have bats. And the Angels, you know, they still have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and a couple other good players. They don't have pitchers. But... um. And the twin schedule is just as easy because they get also to play the, the AL Central. So it really helps them. <laughs> I mean, it really all comes down to the head-to-head matchup. Like, the Indians could lose several more games in a row and still win the division pretty handily. Yeah, but they'd have to – I mean, the thing is they'd have to go to and then come home and sweep the Twins. Like, they need to right. win 
The thing is, if they win four of those six games, they only get two games back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so they're only, wait. Oh, yeah, so that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they only get two games back. And so they, they they need to, right now, They need if they won every other every game the Twins won, and then they beat and they swept the Twins once and then won the other series. That's the thing. Like, they are not in the driver's seat by any stretch of the imagination, but they, you know, that's why not getting Kluber back or whatever kind of stinks. And I know that Adam Plitko is going to throw one of those games. <laughs> He's going to be a stinker here pretty soon. Oh, God. Him and Plezak. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Plezak's holding out, but he's yeah, the, I know. the cracks he's, are showing. He, but. It is, it's just he's being just battered, you know? He's, it's like watching a, a, an ancient wall just be hammered by a, <laughs> by a battering ranch. It's splintering and <laughs> cracks are showing. He's starting to fall apart. He's like, I'm holding strong, Cap. I'm mixing a lot of metaphors here. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a guy in a boat shoveling water out but also a wall so it's confusing but you get and he's idea. also a thor in that scene where he makes his hammer but also there's no hammer at the end he's just going to get obliterated by the sun also that you know he could be lit on fire <laughs> while we're trying to restart a neutron star uh, or not you know or not who knows yeah. he's hanging or out he with a gigantic dwarf you know yeah. yeah he might just be the dwarf he just lives forever and just does you know, his thing and he just has a metal hand well. now so yeah it's weird anyway there that's gonna go. do it for our show this week Thanks for listening. If you are again, if you if you made it this far, leave a review. Let us know. Um, let us know on Twitter if you listen. I, I like to see the people listen. There's it's weird now that we have like people that consistently listen, and I like it. It's really cool. Like some guy, um, I believe it was Cheddar Fetter who does a lot of great fan posts. He said he went back and listened. He was going back through as far as 2016 and listening. That must sound terrible. I've listened to our old episodes just to hear them, and God, the quality was so bad because because yeah. I was it still sucks. I can't imagine how bad wow. it was right, then. Cool. Gee, wow. Uh, wow. What? <laughs> Who said that? No, because what I used Fair. to do before I had any idea how to do anything, I had two laptops. I was at a kitchen counter or a kitchen table with a blanket on it. I thought that was enough to mute all the noise, even though I'm in a big wooded room. Um, but then I would call myself on Skype, have a third account on the second computer that would record everything coming in. That was my way of doing it. So I was <laughs> the sound was laggy. There was like spikes in the robot noise. There was um because my vault my sound was garbage because it was my own internet was doubling down trying to listen twice so it was really blurry and then that was great but but now we got this nice zencaster i got a decent microphone you've got a pretty good microphone that's okay um it's pretty good we can get close and get all nice in there like yeah that. we can just talk real quiet now. right into the pop yeah. filter anyway pop filter i don't have the episode one this week so you don't have a pop filter get a plosives <laughs> oh no plosives there's a lot of plosives <laughs> That's gonna be it for this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it out like this. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.